This is Help From The Line, back with another episode. I'm your host, Tyler. Let's jump into the conversation. Hey guys, it's Tyler back with another episode. Tonight, I want to talk to you guys about the grind and what that means to us and what we're doing and how that affects us in both a physical and emotional, mental way. So the grind, we've, you know, talked about this in in quite a few episodes and we haven't really termed it as what it is. It's just what we do. We hit the grind and that's every day. So this really affects us when we start working multiple jobs, when we have that volunteer fire job, when we have a full-time fire job, you know, in addition to it. Uh, When we're in school, when we're taking classes, when we've started a business on top of everything that we do. And, you know, that is the grind that we live. And, And what does that mean to us? So, you know, me, I started out in, you know, the volunteer fire service. After that, I had, you know, some transport jobs. I ended up full time fire in addition to my volunteer job. And with my full time fire job, there was a lot of education aspects that were involved in it. So, you know, we, I worked 12 hour shifts there, you know, it was like uh, two on, two off, three on, two off. And, you know, the cycle continued. So when I was there, the education that was involved in it was pretty immense. So the job that we did was police, fire, and EMS. So it was all three roles. So we had training for all three aspects. So when this first started out, when, you know, when I first got there, Uh, There was just some fire training on our off Tuesdays, not really a big deal. There were just additional eight-hour days. And then on top of that, we had range days to make sure that we stayed competent in our firearms. And then when we finally started our actual EMS service, that then brought in additional EMS training. Now let's break down what all this training was. So it was more than just the typical fire practice. We weren't just, you know going in, talking about this, that, and the other, and being on our way. So these were uh, extremely advanced fire practice sessions that we had, and they were eight-hour days. So what this was, was a lot of us came into this job as already hazmat techs. Uh, But when you work industrial, that's not quite enough. So we had to go through the HAZWOPR course and become HAZWOPR technicians. We had to have WMD training. We had uh, confined space training. We were a confined space tech rescue team. We had high angle rescue training because we were also a a technical rescue team for uh, high angle. And then we also did hazmat and hazmat tech operations. So when you look at adding all these in, and these are more than just eight hour day courses, these are, you know, 40 or 60 hour courses that we were then breaking into these eight-hour segments or 10-hour segments, depending on how that course was being laid out. So this adds to that grind that you already have going. So, you know, you would get these certifications. On that, then, you would continue to train on those topics and really advance out your knowledge. I remember even after we were a hazmat team, we had all these hazmat trainings. You know, someone had built a hazmat you know, tree where there was 10 different valves that were snapped off or broke and you had to figure out how to seal them. And that was all part of the training. You, you had to stay up on this. So what did that mean for the, 
the grind and everything that all of us already had going. I was working for a volunteer fire department on top of this job. My partner was also working for a volunteer fire department. You know, I think everyone on our shift was working a second job for another fire service. And and everywhere has those trainings that are required. So even though you're a full-time firefighter, you still have all this training that goes on even at your volunteer part-time firehouse. So that adds on top of everything else. So when we look at, you know, the standard 40-hour work week, that's not what we do. We don't do a 40-hour work week. I don't know anyone in this career that does a 40-hour work week. Unless you're management, you work 8 to 5. And even at that, a lot of times those guys work a lot longer than 8 to 5. You know, their salary, they have to deal with us when we have problems. They have to deal with shift problems. A lot of times those people's jobs are a lot longer than that 8 to 5, 40 hours a week. So my schedule kind of laid out, you know, if I was off on Mondays, I usually worked part-time at my volunteer house. So I would work a 24-hour there. Then Tuesday morning, I would get up and I would go to my full-time job for this eight-hour training day. I would get done. There's a lot of times that I would work, you know, the, the night shift at my volunteer house. Then that night, sleep all day on Wednesday, and then go in for my shift on Wednesday night come home Thursday. A lot of times we had Thursday morning training at my volunteer house. So I would go to Thursday morning training, come home, grab a couple hours of sleep, go back into my full-time job, then Thursday night. Uh, And then, you know, Friday, a lot of times I'd come home then that Friday morning and I would go straight to my volunteer house, you know, work at 24, then end of the weekend, or I would sleep during that Friday, go in Friday night and then work, you know, a 36 Friday night into, into Sunday morning. That's a lot of time. And we don't really pay much attention to it. It's just what we do. We like doing it. It's not generally a big deal for us. But then you look at on top of all of this, you still have that personal life at home. A lot of us have families. And we can't really take away that family time that we need to have. So, you know, me personally, I have a wife. I have two little boys. And, you know, they do take a lot of my time, which is phenomenal. I love spending time with my family. But how much time can I really take from them in working out this grind? So currently, I work full-time in transport. I still run at the volunteer part-time firehouse. And then I'm a full-time nursing student. And I also have the podcast. So what time does this really take away and, and what time frames do I have to work on all this stuff? So I still work nights. Nights is my thing. I work 6.30 p.m. to 6.30 a.m. Yes, we do get held over. It happens. So I work nights. That's my full-time job. I work nights. Then during the day, I go to school. My school schedule currently is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then, you know, generally... Somewhere throughout the the week on my nights off is when is when I work on the podcast. So my big thing with school and everything else that I have going on is that my family doesn't miss me at night. They can't miss me when they're sleeping. That's one of the reasons that I've stayed a full time, you know, night shift worker. That I do work on the podcast in the middle of the night. And yes, I go to school during the day, but generally I'm not there all day long. A lot of times I. I am on, you know, Mondays and Tuesdays, but, you know, my kids have babysitters and and everything like that. 
So how long can we can we keep up that that grind for for what we're working for? And I mean, guys, I know people that have been working the grind for 30 years and it's not a big deal to them. I know other people that, you know, they've been doing it six months and they're like, Tyler, I don't know what to do with myself. I feel like I'm losing all this time with my family. I'm losing all this time with friends. So how do we kind of overcome this so that we can keep grinding the way that we do? Guys, in the healthcare, in public safety, in public service, the grind is what we do. That's how we take care of people. That's how we take care of our own stuff. We got to keep doing it. But there does come a time where you need to take a break for a second, you know, even if it's just a day that you have off. I'm not saying completely break the cycle. Don't be like, oh, I can't do this anymore and drop something. That's not what you have to do. But you, there are times that you need to break the schedule. You need to find something that is calming for you. We kind of go back to that self-care aspect that does allow you to take a step back from it, even if it's only for 30 minutes. So... In all of this, in all of the the grinding, in all the day-to-day what we do, I still have a good time doing it. I still have a blast doing it. The only time that you don't is when you've worked yourself so hard and you start to kind of feel sick or you, you, know, you come down with a cold. That's no fun for anybody, especially you. You're the one that's going through it. So when we, when we look at some ways to kind of break this grind, so my biggest thing for years has been playing piano. I started playing piano when I was four. I took 14 years of piano lessons. I was teaching piano at one point in time. And that was always my way to break the grind cycle. If there was a day that I was feeling stressed out and I had 20 minutes or I had an hour, I would always sit down at the piano and play. And that was a great way for me to, you know, bring everything back into myself, let go of everything that was going on outside of me, And be able to take that deep breath that I needed. And this was, and still is, an incredible way for me to sit down and be able to do this one thing that is my own thing to do. And it does help me relax, let go of everything, and, you know, focus that thing, you know, focus that mental health aspect back on myself. And then keep going. So what are some other things that we can do? You know, some people like the aromatherapy stuff. Light some incense, get out your essential oil infuser, make everything smell good, and, you know, sit and meditate. There is nothing wrong with the way that you find is best for yourself to let go of some of the external stresses that we carry around. Uh, Some people like artwork. My wife loves doing art. That's her thing. That's how she finds a way to kind of get away from everything. You know, so we've kind of talked about my wife a little bit. She does the exact same thing that I do. She works full-time in transport for a different hospital system. She works at the volunteer firehouse. She, up until recently, was still working PRN at another ER. And we still have this family at home. So you have another individual from the family pulling the same grind. We do work some opposite schedule hours. So together, collectively, another way for us to break that grind is to spend some time as a family. If we have an off day together, you know, we, we grab the boys, we take them somewhere and we just spend that family time. And that has been a great way to break the cycle, but she likes drawing. She likes painting. 
for uh, a little bit of time, she was doing these, you know, window signs for people and had kind of created her own business. And then it just got a little too stressful, stressful for her. That wasn't the, the goal of when she started doing it. So it was just time for her to say, "Ah, I don't want to do these for money anymore. That's not really what I was doing it for. I was doing it for myself. So she backed off from that, but that's still a way that she finds that relief in the monotonous schedule that we work. So, you know, there's just those things that you can do for yourself to really help break the cycle and be able to focus back to yourself. So, you know, I would say to anybody, when you work this kind of schedule, when you work the grind, it's okay to work the grind. Don't ever feel bad for doing it. Don't ever feel bad for bettering yourself and grinding. Grinding is what we do. Get it done. You know, you're doing a great job. But take that little bit of time. You know, take 10 minutes a day to yourself and allow yourself a little bit of relaxation because it gets hard. So in doing this for so many years, and in the so many years that I've been working all these jobs, going to school, bettering myself, being you know better for my family, what are some of the things that I have found that really help me or work for me? And I always thought for the longest time that just continuing to work was the, the best thing that I could possibly do. And for some people, it is. Some people, that's just what they like to do for years. That's, you know, what I did. That's what I still kind of do. And it it does help quite a bit. I, I love being able to go from one job to the next, you know, provide what I can at both places uh, and, and continue to, to help others build knowledge. So I became, you know, an EMSCE instructor quite a few years ago. I, I've never really taken the leap to become a full EMS instructor. I don't know that I have the time for that quite right now. But at the volunteer department, I ran all the EMS training for quite a few years. And I had a blast doing it. So, you know, let's add to the grind a little bit more. I mean, that was kind of my my take on it. So including everything that I was doing. Now, I wasn't going to nursing school at the time. But including everything else that I was doing, I was also developing all the training for this department. And I wasn't doing just training. I was helping with, you know, QI and QA, bringing in new equipment, uh, doing performance evaluations. I was a captain. So my job from just being, uh, you know, a transport intermediate got so much more when I became a captain and, and added a lot more to the grind that I was working. So, you know, I had an office at the station and I spent a ton of time there. But once again, just like I said earlier, my family didn't miss me at night. So nights that I was off from my full-time job, if there was something that needed to be done at the station, I would go there and be able to spend those hours that I needed to there by, by, you know, just going in at night no one missed me at night. And I knew that. So there's nothing wrong with going into an empty station, having it by yourself, and being able to sit down, focus on the work that needed to be done. If you had a training presentation going on, there was nothing wrong with going in, 
and, you know, practice your, your training session, go in, put it up on the whiteboard, use the projector. And and how is this going to go? How am I going to present this to the 50 people that I'm going to be teaching it to? There's nothing wrong with doing that. I had a blast doing that because that allowed me to sit down and go, is what I'm doing adequate enough to be teaching 50 people this? I would set up the video camera, record myself giving the lecture, and review it, much like I do with the podcast. I mean, guys, I, I record the podcast, you know, and usually I record it a few days before it's, it's actually going to go out, and I listen to it probably two or three times. Not that I think that anything needs changed. I am very big on more of the raw aspect of, Here's my conversation with you guys. But I still listen to it. I want to know how things sound so that, you know, the next time that we're doing the podcast, the next time I'm recording, I know if things were too loud, if things were too soft, if I had too much, you know, bounce back from the wall in front of me. And when you put that into your career as, you know, firefighter, EMS, when you take those aspects of looking at what you've done to learn from, then you're able to, to build that higher and that helps with the grind that you're working. You know, we don't just grind because we want to grind. Yes, you have the money-making grind where, you know, you just work to make all this money and that's great too. But in, you know, the grind itself in what we do, there has to be a bit of a learning aspect for you as the individual that is doing it. Because if we just go through the motions day in and day out, and we think that the only reason that we're doing this is to make more money, then what are we learning from ourselves? Are we learning anything from ourselves? Does what I did today help with what I'm going to do tomorrow? And if it doesn't, then we should reevaluate what we're doing because we need to continue to learn from ourselves and build ourselves up. That's just part of this grind. If I see a patient today that has X, Y, and Z symptoms, and I realize that they have ABC diagnosis, but tomorrow I see the same type of patient, but different person with X, Y, Z symptoms, and I can't say that they have the same diagnosis, what did I learn from myself? I didn't learn a thing. That's when you get into the grind is too much. You, you're not learning anything. You're not building yourself up from what you're doing. Things are getting too much. You need to slow down. You need to take time off and then get back to it. So there's an article that was posted by EMS World that talks about stress being the silent killer of EMS. And this article is incredible. And it just talks about everything that's going on stress-related in EMS. And it just points out a lot of things that we do. Extremely emotional situations that are mixed with common everyday emotions. And it's hard to juggle the situations that we cope with. Well, I mean that we deal with it, then we have to cope with, let, let, you know, let's put it that way. So when we look at the young personnel that are coming in, as, you know, related to in this article, they talk about this 19-year-old, you know, worker that works on an ALS ambulance, 
And the fact that, you know, especially for men, the male brain has not had a chance to fully age. That doesn't happen until around 25. But now we're running these multiple calls a day in this single shift. And we are responsible for these patients that we deal with. And not only dealing with their symptoms, but also dealing with the death and the trauma that goes along with it. So they talk about this 19-year-old provider that could respond to a decapitated body on a roadway or enter a home where an infant's dead in the crib. And after making the pronouncement of death and breaking the news to the family, they go on another call for back pain and the guy just wants to be medicated. And that this is where the stress begins for this person. So for this young provider, they're now dealing with these extremely high emotions, but now they get this back pain call that, you know, isn't as important or they don't see it as important as the, the calls that they just went on. It talks about, you know, that bright 19-year-old that three years later, now at 22, they're still not even at their brain maturity and they're dealing with all the stuff. So what does it do to them? But just like working the grind, we have to think about this. When we start working this grind at 18, and a lot of us do, and we all know this, we can get into, you know, this volunteer job at 18, we get onto a full-time job at 18, just, you know, depends on where you've gone to school and, uh, you know, the tests that you've taken and, and really what population you live in, because that, that all changes. So you get on the job at 18, start working this grind. You're working a full-time fire job, you know, the, the job of your life, and a lot of us know that there's just times that, that that job isn't isn't fully enough. So now, on your days off, you're working at ABC Private Ambulance Company, and you're working 12-hour shifts there. And then, you know, yes, it's enough, but it's still not quite enough. So you have some background in handyman work, so you're also still running your own business as a handyman. So let's talk about mixing these emotions in our daily grind. You go to work at your full-time fire job. You deal with all of this stuff that it talks about this 19-year-old facing. But now you're also working these shift hours. So you're doing 24-hour shifts, and some are going to be 12s. And yes, we know that there's still going to be like 8s and 10s on shifts that you cover, and that's fine. But what, what, is this, what does this mean when, you know, when we're talking about the grind? So some crews may not stop during their entire 24-hour shift. Always think about that. There are times that you're going to get in at that 24-hour shift and you're not going to go back to the station or you may only go back for intermittent periods of time. So half of EMS personnel sleep only six hours every 24 hours. There's some sleep deprivation already forming in this grind that we're working. With more than half of them reporting that they have poor sleep quality, and 70% reporting some problems with sleep. So we're working this 24-hour shift. We're only going to get six hours of sleep. Those six hours of sleep are going to be very poor in our sleep quality, or we're having sleep problems. So now we add in the stressful situations, not eating on a regular schedule, and we're pushing through the stress that we've already been through. Where does that put us? That puts us in a very bad way because now, you're going to get those six hours of sleep. You're going, to, you're going to get interrupted in the middle of the night. You're going to you know, notoriously go out for grandma that fell. And now you're getting off at 7 a.m. 
Well, what are you doing today? You're going to go home. You're going to grab a couple hours of sleep. And you have Miss Jones bathroom that you're working on for your handyman service to go finish. So you're going to grab three hours of sleep. Still going to be horrible sleep. We're not talking about sleeping at seven o'clock in the morning. You know, you didn't really sleep all night. So you go and you work on this bathroom. There's your eight hour day. And you're going to now go home. You're actually going to try to get some sleep, but you're, you know, your eating schedule still off. So you're going to grab some dinner, maybe even on the way home. You're going to go home. You're going to deal with some insomnia issues as you try to go to sleep. Uh, and then what are you going to do on your second day off? Well, you're working at your private ambulance company and you're going to work for 12 hours there. And you know, working private EMS that you're not getting a break. All for you to get off there at 7 p.m. to be back at your full-time job at 7 a.m. This grind is a lot. You're really grinding this. So where's the time that you put in in those three days? Where is the time that you had to yourself? I didn't count any, other than maybe the time that you're going to lay in bed and stare at the ceiling and go, wow, I'm extremely tired, but I can't sleep now because of everything that I've done, or I'm having trouble sleeping, or my mental health doesn't allow me to sleep because I've seen 10 horrible calls this week. And you didn't add any time into those three days for yourself. So now let's talk about the dangers of the job. The dangers of the job in the fire service and EMS in particular. So we have a high potential for serious injuries on, on EMS calls. There always is. You know, you get that 8 p.m. highway scene with a three-car pileup, and you're not really paying attention because you're two days off or you're three days off. You didn't give yourself any time to yourself to unwind and you know, get decent rest, sit and watch TV. You didn't really give yourself that. So now you're tired coming into your next work shift. Now you have, you've ran all day and you have this 8 p.m. highway call. What do you see as the biggest stress in this, as, as the biggest danger, I should say? What is the biggest danger that you're dealing with? Well, now you're dealing with all this traffic that's going whizzing past you because Cars don't slow down for accident scenes unless they want to see something. And then you got the rubberneckers that do, and now they're backing up traffic, or traffic is slamming into them, and now we're just creating a bigger accident scene. So what happens when you don't pay attention, a car comes flying by, and you step over that yellow line? That's not a good thing. So this grind got a little too much for this 18-year-old to the point that now they're making poor mistakes on the job that should never be made. So, in 2014, the Bureau of Labor Statistics reported the overall injury rate for EMTs and paramedics was 333 injuries per 10,000 workers. That's three times higher than the average rate of 107 for all occupational groups in the U.S. That's just an EMS. Because of the related factors that we talked about while you're working this grind. So, dangers of the job are there. You know, we always talk about dangers of the job. You could throw your back out, move in the stair chair. You know, you're lifting somebody up. You don't lift with proper mechanics. Now there's a back injury. Uh, we have the exposure to needles. We have exposure to blood, moving vehicles, combative patients, drug use, you know, blood sugar issues because we don't eat. Obesity continues to skyrocket and the increasing risk of neck and back injuries. Guys. If we can't take that hour a day to make sure that we focus on ourselves so we can continue to do the grind, the grind's going to get the best of you, and it's going to grind your ass. 
Yes, live the grind. Do what you want to do. Do it now and do your best at it. But you can't let it get the best of you. So, you know, in our last episode, we talked about burnout. Ultimately, the grind is going to lead to burnout if we don't take that time to, you know, to look at things fully. And that's, that's just, it's how it is. I've worked the grind for years. I've made some poor mistakes until I realized the fact that I needed to ensure that I was getting that proper time to myself to make sure that I was taking care of myself to allow me to continue doing it. That is huge. So here's how, let's talk about how my average three days goes. Because if we don't talk about this, I, I want to give you guys a, a real life example on, on how the grind works for me. This doesn't mean it works this way for you. It doesn't mean that it's a good way for anybody. But here's how, here's how my three days goes. My three days, let's start this on a Monday. On Monday mornings, I go to school. I'm there by 8.30. 8.30 is when my first class starts. So at 8.30 to about 5 o'clock, I'm in class. That's a lot. That's a lot of time. If I am off that night, I come home and I spend a lot of time with the family. We watch movies. You know, the kids get baths. I spend some time with my wife. And then Monday night, we go to bed. Tuesday morning, I get up, I have clinicals on Tuesdays, that's just how it works, and I go to clinicals on Tuesday, and I'm usually home by about 4 o'clock. So I get home at 4 o'clock, I usually do the exact same thing. I play with my kids, we watch a couple movies, we get baths, we get ready for bed. There's Monday and Tuesday. Wednesday. Wednesday, I get up, my first class is at 8 a.m. on campus. I'm in class at 8 a.m., I go till about 11.30 I come home, I pick up my oldest from school, I pick up my youngest from my sister who watches him during the day, we come home, we get lunch, we play, I take a nap, usually with the youngest, he usually takes a nap too, the oldest will sit around and watch movies or play with his toys, and then I get up, I get ready for work, I drop my kids off at my parents' house if my wife's not home from work, so usually, you know, we don't we have this like overlapping time where, you know, I'm leaving for work before she's getting home. I drop them off at my parents' house. I go to work. That's my Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And there is still time for myself in those. Now, on Thursday, let's look at this from back when I was still working a lot at the volunteer fire department. On Thursday then, so I would, you know, get off Wednesday morning, I would come home on Thursday. I would sleep some in the morning after taking my oldest to school. I would get some sleep. I would get up. You know, I would play with the youngest. We would go pick up the oldest, come home, get lunch, play. And then if, you know, if my wife's home and there's calls that go out for the volunteer department, there's a lot of times that I would respond to those. Still come home, make sure that I get that adequate amount of time for me to go to sleep at this point in in the game, at this point in the grind. I know how much sleep I need to go in and work a 12-hour night shift. I would come home, make sure that I get that sleep, go to work. Now here's where things were, were always a little messy. Friday morning, a lot of times on Friday mornings when I would get off at work, I would go straight into the volunteer firehouse. So I would go there, I would spend, you know, all day working there. 
come home that night, still be on call, but be able to be at home and still build in that family time. And then once my kids go to bed and my wife goes to bed, I get up, I work on homework, I study, I do the podcast. You know, I used to work every other Saturday at the volunteer firehouse, so I would, you know, Friday night, have off, spend the time with my family, 6 a.m., I'm in the firehouse. Usually I was there by 5. And then work all day, I'd work at 24, you know, come home 6 p.m., be on call from home, and those times, you know, I'd still read the kids' bedtime stories. I would still get them showers, watch a movie with them. And then when they go to bed, where am I? I'm back in the office, studying, listening to calls that are going out, going on calls. That has been my biggest asset in many years, has been the time that my family is asleep gives me that time to keep pushing with the grind as well as spending time with my family. If we have a family and we're not spending time with them, what is the point in having a family? There isn't one. You have to spend time with your family. Priority one, family. So if you're able to still build in time with that family and then spend two or three hours a night after they go to bed doing all the monotonous stuff that you need to do, study pharmacology, uh, you know, do your Twitter or your Facebook or, you know, whatever social media pl- platform you're working with. You can do all that, but do it after they go to bed. Because spending time with them is still taking that time to yourself away from the grind, breaking that schedule to allow you to keep moving forward and keep grinding the way that you are. I love people that work the grind and continually work the grind in bettering themselves. There is nothing that makes me happier than seeing the new guys in on the fire department that are getting into this career that are continually working on bettering themselves as well as working a full-time job, a volunteer job, and continuing their training. To me, I have always loved seeing that because I was that person. I still am that person. I love learning new information. I love sharing that information. I love teaching that information. There's just times that is appropriate for us to do it and there's times it's not. I'm not going to neglect my family time to learn new information. Not when I can do it when I'm on shift. I can do it at night when they're asleep. I can do it when I'm in class. By working the grind the way that we do, we cannot cut things out that are important in our lives, that are important to us as individuals, that are important to our mental health. If we start cutting those things out, where do we go? We become alcoholics. We let the stresses get to us. We don't sleep at night. And then we don't know at all when we need to get psychological help. And that's why suicide rates in this job are so high. Yes, it is also because of the stuff that we see day in and day out. But... Have these individuals taken this time to themselves? Have they been able to reach out for help? And have they been able to talk to somebody about this? And if not, that's not saying that they did anything wrong. But were they working the grind so hard that they just didn't reach out to anybody? I've been there. I have definitely been there. When stuff happens... In this job, when we see traumatic incidents and when it starts to affect us, what do we do? We grind harder. 
for a while it works. Until it doesn't anymore, then we need to figure out why it's not working. And generally that's because we need to go talk to somebody. If things aren't working, you have to change it. You can't just keep living on and on and on, knowing that something is wrong, knowing that you're doing something wrong, not sleeping at night, neglecting every personal aspect of your life to continue on with the grind. Because what's going to be there when you're done with the grind? Nothing. Learning new information is great. Sharing new information is even better. See one, do one, teach one. All about it. Live the grind. Get it done. Not at the expense of mental health. There is a time that the grind is too much, that we need to take a step back, and we need to realize that sometimes the grind that we're living is just not worth it. Take some time away from it. Get back to it. Just like anything else, we can always take a break from doing as much as we're doing and go back later and pick it right back up. We don't have regular schedules in this career. At all. So, the grind to us becomes a bit of normalcy. When we work this much and we know what we're doing, it's, it's, it's what's normal to us. It was, it's what feels good to us. But there will come a time that it doesn't. And at that point in time, you need to take a step back. Meditate. Deep breathe. Aromatherapy. Play music. Spend time with your kids. Go on a hike. Go on a run. Work out. There's a ton of exits from this. There's a ton of ways for you to go out, you to spend some time to yourself, you to get back in the game mentally, and keep on going. Day in and day out, strive for excellence, strive to make yourself better, and you will. You will achieve the goal. Always live the grind. Don't let the grind live live you. Don't let the grind guide you. You are 100% in control of what you're doing day in and day out. Grind it out. You are going to be great. Strive for that excellence every day. Every single day. Find ways to allow yourself to take a time out, to break the schedule, and get right back to it. I'm Tyler with Help From The Line. Have a good night.